Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I have a good and interesting news. First, with the good news, uh, I have already received word from someone who has confirmed uh, a blood donation. They are scheduled to give blood next Tuesday in Cedar Hills. Uh, grateful to Pam. Uh, she just sent me a note and will be donating. So uh, Pam is taken care of today. Now, that doesn't mean you're off the hook. If you're still uh, of the mind to donate some blood, uh, please sign up. Uh, send me the confirmation. I'd love to hear from you. Again, your two options here in the in the area. And if there are more options, let me know. Uh, I'm not loyal to any one uh, place to donate. If there's a uh, an organization that uh, is taking blood and getting it to those folks who need it, uh, I'm open. I'm aware of ARUP. Their website is utahblood.org. Again, utahblood.org. And then the Red Cross, of course, is redcrossblood.org. If I've missed one, send me a note. Uh, do that, please, through the Lee Lonsberry Facebook page. The other little bit of interesting news, you heard me tell that story in the last segment about, uh, aside from yesterday, the last time I donated blood was when I was in high school. Uh, the, the drive took place in the library. Well, I just, as I was telling that story, uh, I got a little Facebook message from one of my, <laughs> one of my fellow classmates who uh, was with me that day, uh, donated blood, and uh, he won't mind if I shared this a little bit. He ended up passing out. Uh, I guess didn't uh, eat enough cookies or drink enough orange juice. Anyway, uh, please, the, the, the challenge is at least one person uh, to donate blood as a result of this show here each day. I want to keep track of that, keep a record. Uh, I want to do our little bit uh, to help out, especially during these times where uh, it feels like our hands are tied a little bit, right, as we're stuck inside all day long. I know I get a little bit stir-crazy. Uh, this show helps out a great deal, though. It is such a treat to be able to, to chat with you each day, uh, to get some encouragement from you, and also to hear from the, the, the newsmakers around town, the folks that are uh, you know, in charge uh, of keeping things uh, sound and square and in order at the state level. We'll hear from uh, the governor later today and state epidemiologist Angela Dunn, as well as retired Major General Jeff Burton, who's heading up the uh, Utah Department of Health right now. That's coming up in a press conference about 10 minutes from, from uh, right now. Anyway, let me focus on one individual for the rest of this segment, for the rest of this half hour, as a matter of fact. We're going to be talking about Dr. Anthony Fauci. Last night, as I was laying in bed, uh, I'm having trouble sleeping. I don't know what it is. I'm kind of cooped up, and <laughs> I don't have a lot of outlets for my energy, so I go to bed with a, a lot of energy left over. Um, and last night, as I was laying in bed trying to fall asleep, I was watching on my phone uh, various little videos and interviews and such, trying to get a little bit smarter. <laughs> and I watched uh, from March of 2019 an interview given by Dr. Anthony Fauci. And, and, and just to, to catch you up, who am I talking about here? Dr. Anthony Fauci is the, the gentleman... Uh, with the glasses, uh, who has been standing alongside the president as he delivers his remarks each day. He's the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. You'll see him in the headlines today because of something he said yesterday, which kind of puts him at odds with uh, Utah's governor. I'm anxious to see in the press conference today from the governor if there are any movements on this front. But yesterday, 
Dr. Anthony Fauci said that he uh, was perplexed, uh, I'm paraphrasing, he was perplexed as to why not all of the governors throughout the United States had put uh, statewide orders to stay home and stay safe and all that. Uh, and now you might ask yourself, well, hold on a second. What's, what are you talking about? Here in the state of Utah, the governor's been saying this uh, for, for days and days now that we need to stay home and stay safe, and that way we save lives and all that. Well, there is a, uh, it's, it, there's a fundamental difference between uh, what Governor Herbert has done and what uh, I think about 40 or so other governors around the country have done. Uh, in Salt Lake City, Mayor Mendenhall, and in Salt Lake County, uh, Jenny Wilson, and a few other counties around the state, Wasatch, I know, and Summit, uh, the, the order to stay home and to limit your movements in groups of a certain size, 10, uh, is... If you violate that order, it's punishable by a fine or imprisonment. Now, that's not the case at the state level. Elsewhere, that is the case, and that is what Dr. Anthony Fauci was saying uh, perplexed him yesterday. Why haven't uh, all the governors around the country uh, made it uh, uh, like a legal requirement for us to maintain this social distancing? It's an interesting type of uh, question. Not sure exactly what is right. We'll find out, I think, in a combination between, uh, or a combination of rather, the uh, remarks from uh, Governor Herbert, uh, Mr. Burton, as well as uh, Dr. Dunn. I think Dr. Dunn delivers the information most relevant to this question, uh, and that comes through the numbers. The case counts today, as we have learned. Uh, deaths remain at seven. You know, my heart breaks for those seven individuals and their families, uh, but the good news is that number has remained unchanged now for two days. Uh, the positive cases, just over 1,200. Uh, hospitalizations, 106. Now, you combine those numbers and you see something interesting that Dr. Dunn talks about often, and it has to do with the percentage of hospitalized cases. Right now, we uh, remain hovering around 10%, just under 10%, uh, and that is good. Uh, that is good. When uh, fewer than 10% of all of those who are positively identified to have contracted the coronavirus remains below 10, it means uh, that compared to the rest of the country, in fact, compared to the rest of the world, uh, we're doing all right. And so if we're doing all right, uh, maybe we stay the course. And the course at present right now is uh, not to have this statewide order in place, uh, uh, which the governor is uh, singularly empowered to do. Anyway, that's all a preview, and it's really all just to talk quickly about this, Dr. Anthony Fauci. And I've blown through uh, much of the time. I That interview that I listened to uh, from last night, he said uh, a number of things. He was speaking with David Rubenstein on a Bloomberg show. Again, this aired in March of last year, and uh, it was fascinating. Dr. Fauci has been essentially at the top of his game. Uh, since the Reagan administration. He was appointed to the position of director of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease in uh, 1984 by Ronald Reagan. He has remained in that position through the Reagan administration, the first Bush administration, Clinton, uh, second Bush, uh, Obama, and now serves under President Donald Trump. That is six presidents under which this man has served, and he has faced uh, some intense, intense challenges throughout his career. He was at the helm uh, when our nation faced uh, HIV and AIDS in the 80s. Uh, he was at his post when uh, our nation braced itself against uh, SARS and the swine flu and MERS and Ebola and other 
uh, such diseases, and he is today at the helm as we face uh, this coronavirus. I uh, admit, and you, you will have noticed this, I am not very good at managing time. I have uh, blown through all the time I had to share with you uh, the comments from Dr. Fauci. Uh, I do have some time later in the show, and I'll tell you what, help me remember, uh, towards the end of the show, I want you to hear some of the things he had to say during that interview. As I laid in bed last night watching him speak these words, I got chills. The, the, the real quick spoiler is that during the Ebola outbreak, he, as I mentioned, serving at the top position at the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, he suited up in one of these uh, suits to stay safe, one of these PPEs, but the real, like, specialized, super safe kind, and he uh, tended to patients directly. He was in a position where there were plenty of underlings of sorts to do that type of work, uh, but he put on the suit, he put on the mask and the helmet and the gloves and the booties and zipped up and walked into that hospital, and he cared for people, and he did so because he thought it wasn't right. It wasn't right for him to ask his subordinates to do something that he was unwilling to do himself. That is the man who is leading us to a healthy existence right now. He is the man who is giving us the advice that we need to take to emerge victorious in this battle against the coronavirus. I'm going to take a break right now. When we come back, it's expected that we'll be hearing from the governor, Major General Jefferson Burton, and state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.